Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How are you doing? We are getting very close to, to Lent. It begins next Wednesday, and you can practice today because today is Friday, and um, we should be um, having no meat on Fridays. It's not a, a law. Uh, it's uh, not a, a set rule of the church. It used to be. But um, following Vatican II, um, the church wanted its children to grow up a little bit and understand that Friday um, we just don't refrain from meat, but we make a sacrifice to join our Lord on the cross, to join in with his sacrifice. And so to just um, make a a law that so many Catholics grew up with, uh, that there's no meat on Friday. Um, I remember when I was looking into the Catholic Church before I was Catholic, I was a waitress. Um, I came, um, I was heading women's ministries in my Protestant church, and I came to New York and took a waitress job so I could read uh, my way into the church. And I was a waitress in an Italian restaurant, a very good family Italian restaurant. They came from Naples. They made their own bread. They made their own noodles. They made everything. It was terrific. So Catholic families would come in on Friday and have lobster feasts. Lobster feasts. I just, I said, what is going on here? Why are they doing this? Because the owners were Catholic and so many, this was upstate New York, were Catholic and they couldn't have meat, so they came in and ordered a lobster feast. I said, I can't. I used to take with tongs live lobsters out of the big tank and bring them over to the chef. I said, I can't believe this. Um, I, what's going on here? Do you 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 stay away from meat in order to feast? And um, they didn't understand. It wasn't. It's not the spirit of a Friday fast. So if you don't. Uh, if you if you give up meat Fridays, this is good. Um, and the uh, bishops in the United States have asked us to continue to give up meat um, on Fridays uh, to fight abortion, to sacrifice for abortion, uh, that there would be an end to abortion. Um, but whether or not you give up meat, that's the preference. The Friday sacrifice has never been abrogated, has never been... Um, put away. That is still mandatory for Catholics to sacrifice on Friday. And the number one sacrifice is to abstain from meat. And that includes bacon in the morning. Because I remember going to parish and they going to a, a parish to do a Lenten mission and they served me bacon and eggs for breakfast. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So um, and I didn't say anything. Can you believe that? I didn't say anything. <laughs> but if you, if you, f- for any reason, don't give up meat or don't want to or cannot, or maybe you're a, a, a vegan and you don't have meat anyway, you're not excused from the f- Friday sacrifice. 
um, can you imagine being excused from joining your sacrifices with Christ who gave his all for you? No way. And so if it's not meat, pick something else that's important to you and abstain from that. Or it, it, it can be some other food, which it should be. But if not, you can make another sacrifice on Friday. Um, I will tell you that there's a couple of times I've been with families on Fridays and Catholic families, and they have served meat. Um, And I wasn't going to bring up the point that they should be abstaining from meat when when I was sitting at their dinner table. And so the sacrifice I made that day was to eat the meat. That was a sacrifice for me. And I said, Lord, okay, for you, I will, for you and for their sake, I will eat this meat. And that's also can be a sacrifice. But, um, so Lent is starting Wednesday. We abstain from meat Wednesday and every Friday of Lent, no choice. And again, if you don't eat meat anyway, you can choose another sacrifice, but do not fail to sacrifice. If you do, then you are offending our Lord and you are um, refusing an opportunity to grow in union with him, grow closer to him, um, to grow in holiness. Um, you're really refusing to be Catholic. So um, there are, there's so little that the church mandates. It's just so little. Um, but every Friday is a sacrificial day. Every single Friday, not just Good Friday. So, um, uh, so we we there's fast and abstinence uh, next Wednesday. Um, we we abstain from meat and we fast from other sorts of food. Um, and generally, having one meal a day. And the the norm is two snacks that don't equal a meal. I don't know that canon law says that don't equal a meal, but the idea is two other little portions, Um, no, no, you know, nothing in between, that kind of thing. So um, it's a beautiful thing to do that, beloved. And and today would be a good time, and it would be a good thing uh, this weekend to get together with your family, uh, if it's just husband and wife, or with all your children, and sit down with a family and discuss what Lent is. Uh, read from, I think, Luke is a chapter four. I have to look it up. Oh, uh, our Lord's uh, wilderness journey and explain to your children uh, that God has given us, um, that our Lord, who suffered so for us, has given us the privilege of being with him in his sufferings, in his wilderness journey for 40 days. And we each need to, Jesus didn't get to decide what his penance would be. That It was a penance for us that he suffered. But he didn't decide what it was. It was the Holy Spirit that led him into the wilderness just as he came out of the Jordan and um, there was no food, and he fasted and prayed for 40 days in the midst of a demonic wilderness where all the demons and wild animals and everything else hung out. Um, His pillow was a rock. So um, we need to get together with our families and take our families, especially our children, through that um, and say, okay, um, let 
mom and dad know um, by tomorrow night or by Monday night what you are going to do for Lent. Bring us a book you're going to read and tell us what your penances will be, that you choose yourself. Um, We do that in here in our religious community. The sisters bring the book they're going to read and and the penances they want to undertake to me, and I approve them or uh, counsel them or add or take away. Maybe uh, someone wants to get up every night at you know, midnight and pray and and stay all night in the chapel. And I, I'm, I'm not going to say yes to that. It's, it's just too rigid and their health is going to fail. It's not good. They need some sleep. So to get up at midnight and pray for an hour and go back to bed, that's okay. Um, so it's, it's the judgment of the parents. Um, but you should do that. And then, uh, and tell your children that, the idea in reading and picking a book for Lent is to pr- pick a book about the passion, pick a book about um, the sufferings of our Lord, growing in holiness with Him. Uh, it should be completely focused, um, not on Christianity in general, but on our Lord's sufferings, that we can enter into that and add our own sufferings, that we can understand a little bit of His agony. Um, and they they shouldn't skim the book and say, okay, I kind of skimmed through it, could I have another book? No. Um, the idea is to read cover to cover right through that book. Read right through that book. Don't just don't skim it and then get another book or flip from one book to another. The idea is to learn um, to suffer with our Lord and read straight through the book. If we only read what we want to read, we'll never grow. We'll never be stretched. So I hope that many of you will be able to do that uh, this weekend with your families, with your children, with your spouse, with yourself, to decide how you're going to spend Lent. And one way, of course, families, um, uh, one thing families can do or anyone can do during the entire Lenten period, is to cover every statue, every picture, every religious item in your home with purple cloth. Go to a fabric store and get um, however many yards you need and cover them all with purple cloth. And that way you'll have a 24-7 reminder of the season you're in. No flowers in the home because the desert didn't have any flowers. Make it a Lenten season for you and try to join our Lord through that time. Okay, there's the music for our break, beloved, and we will come right back, and we will we'll be on St. Francis de Sales Golden Councils, and guess what our next little topic is? Perseverance, all right. <laughs> we'll be right back, dear ones, and after the second break, we'll take your call, uh, your calls, your texts, your emails. The toll-free number is one 511 5483. You can text at that number as well or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back.
Between traffic jams and construction projects, driving can be stressful. Learning about the faith and praying along with others through Catholic Radio can instill a sense of peace in the midst of daily struggles. By displaying a Catholic Radio bumper magnet on your car, you can help other drivers find this peace as well. Request your free Catholic Radio bumper magnets today. Visit thestationofthecross.com and click the Promote tab at the top of our website. That's thestationofthecross.com. Then click the Promote tab. Thank you for supporting Catholic Radio and helping to spread the gospel message to everyone else on the road. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations Thank you for helping to save the culture. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you, and we have just 10 minutes or so before our next break when I'll be taking your calls and text and emails and do the best I can. I don't always have the answer, but there's so many people who do, and we can refer you to them. Um, We're going to continue at the moment on the Golden Councils of St. Francis de Sales, and I will tell you, let me see if I can... Again, hold this little book up for those of you who haven't seen it before. This is an old copy. It has since been published in larger print. They are Golden Councils of St. Francis de Sales. It, it's since been published in larger print. Um, and um, uh, I don't, a bit larger book and, and with a color cover. But we had a dozen of these, and we actually found a few more. And so um, we are uh, just about out. We're out of the dozen, but we have, a, I, think, I think we had six more. I'm not sure. We've already sent them out to everyone who has asked. Everyone has been able to get a copy. So that's really been great. And we searched the whole priory here to see if we could find any loose ones, and we did find a few. So you're still able to get them. Again, we just have a few, but um, 
that means, you know, the first few who ask will be able to get them. And so far, everyone who asks has been able to get one. So that's very good. Um, we are on his subject, and these are just little vignettes, very, um, very small. Um, you know, I'm going to read Perseverance, and then I think... Um, okay, we'll start with that. St. Francis de Sales says, In order to journey steadily, we must apply ourselves to doing well the stretch of road immediately before us on the first day of the journey and not waste time wanting to do the last lap of the way while we still have to make it through the first. You know, and I, I, I understand what he's writing. Many people can't even make it through the first because they, it's good to have your eye on the goal, but you've got to take the first step. He says, remember this well. We are sometimes so busy being good angels that we neglect to be good men and women. Our imperfections are going to accompany us to the grave. We cannot go anywhere without having our feet on the ground. Yet if we fall, we don't just lie there, sprawled in the dust. On the other hand, we must not think we can fly, for we are like little chicks who don't have wings yet. We die little by little, so our imperfections must die with us. A little each day. Dear imperfections, that's what it says. Dear imperfections, they force us to acknowledge our misery. They give us they um, give us practice in hospitality, humility, not hospitality, humility, selflessness, patience, and watchfulness. Yet, notwithstanding, God looks at the preparation of our heart and sees that it is perfect. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You think of a little child with all its stumblings and things it doesn't know how to do yet and and all its imperfections and little temper tantrums and all of that. But as it grows, you see that it's trying to be good. It's trying to overcome these things. And um, to you, that little baby is perfect just because of the heart of that little girl or boy. Striving. To, to be good, striving to please mommy and daddy, striving to begin to please God. The striving is always perfect. It's always perfect if it's from the heart. It's beautiful. Now St. Francis has a section on devotion. Okay. This may be all we get through before the next break, and it'll be perfect. The virtue of devotion is neither more nor less than a general inclination and promptitude of spirit to do what we know is pleasing to God. It is the joyful expansion of the heart spoken of in the Psalms, quote, I have run in the way of your commandments since you have set me free, end quote. Ordinary people walk along the path of God. Devout people run. Very devout people fly. 
times of prayer must become so much a part of our day that we never omit them except out of great necessity. The length of our prayers should be in proportion to the amount of work we have to do. And since it has pleased God to place us in the kind of life in which we always have distractions, you hear that? Since it has pleased God to place us in the kind of life in which we always have distractions, we may have to get used to a shortening, uh, to shortening our times of prayer. Do not be surprised if it sometimes happens that you are lethargic or distracted, for these are natural experiences. Um, Just as in the world around us, the sky is not always calm and clear, but often overcast and foggy, so too in the world of our uh, interior, our spirit is not always bright and clear but is sometimes overcast by a lethargy which disturbs its clarity and lessens our light-heartedness. You must not only be devout and love devotion, but you must render it lovable to everyone. Now you will make it lovable if you render it useful and pleasing. The sick will love your devotion if they receive care and comfort from it. Your family will love it if they see you more attentive to their well-being, more gentle in handling your duties, more kind in correcting, and so on. Your spouse will love it in seeing that as your devotion increases, you become more warm and affectionate. Your relatives and friends will love it if they see you more free, supportive of others, and yielding to them in matters that are not uh, contrary to God's will. In short, you must, as far as possible, make your devotion attractive. Isn't that wonderful, beloved? But it has to be, it has to be true devotion from your heart, whatever it is, um, Sometimes we're praying the rosary or uh, some other prayers or devotions or spiritual reading and our heart is feels just cold and distant from God and it feels that God is distant from us. Do we continue with the devotion? We do. I used to think that if I continued in that dry, arid state, I'd be offending God because my heart's not there. It's just by rote, it's just words, but... Reading the spiritual masters, it's not so. If we do it to please him, to love him, uh, to to come closer to him, even if our feelings betray us, um, and there's no consolation, no sense of pleasing God, no sense of um, uh, pleasing ourselves even, um, that is a greater sacrifice. If we do not let our feelings determine um, whether or not we continue with the devotion or its effectiveness. We have no way of doing that. We have no way of determining um, uh, its effectiveness. You can do good to other people and you could think you've really helped them, but you have no way of determining what your actions have meant to them. You, you're not inside them. 
And so with God, if we're not feeling like praying the rosary, we're not feeling, uh, we go to uh, before the Blessed Sacrament, we just don't feel like it, we don't feel God, something's wrong with us, God has left us, something's wrong. No, nothing's wrong. But he wants us to be with him. He wants us to love him. And he wants to love us. Isn't it time, isn't it true, beloved, that sometimes you could even be with I'm just going to say it with your spouse and not want to be with him or her. A woman could be with her husband and for whatever reason, her moods, uh, the timing, uh, her husband's poor attitudes, uh, her poor attitudes, whatever it is, she doesn't want to be with him, but she stays with him. And, um, And they spend time together even if they don't talk that much. That is a sacrifice of love. And the scriptures speak of the sacrifice of praise, that we, we sometimes praising God, sometimes loving others, is a true sacrifice. Oftentimes it is. And it's very pleasing to God. Because when we feel like it, um, what we might say when we really mean it, well, we mean it. We don't mean it less because we don't feel it. No, but we love our feelings, and we love um, the confirmation they appear to give us. But see, feelings are no barometer. We could fool ourselves with feelings. We shouldn't ignore them, but we shouldn't um, trust them uh, to the detriment of other things. So um, devotion is wonderful. Uh, When I was a newer Catholic, I never understood devotion to the Sacred Heart. It's the absolute number one, the absolute number one devotion in the Church. Even uh, a priest said to me once, you mean more than the Rosary? I mean more than the Rosary. It is is St. John that, um, that leaned on the breast of Jesus, the beloved disciple, during the Last Supper. And he, lo- he, always, he was so thrilled that Jesus loved him that he called, he, didn't even, he never mentions his name once in the gospel that he wrote, the gospel of John. He simply calls himself the, the beloved. Oh, excuse me. And he loves calling himself, himself the beloved. He loves it because he loves being beloved. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing that our Lord appeared first to St. Gertrude hundreds of years uh, before he appeared to St. Margaret Mary. St. Gertrude was a Benedictine nun, and um, our Lord came to her on the feast of St. John the Baptist to show her the devotion to the Sacred Heart, to show her his heart and ask her to spread that devotion. And she said, Lord, why, why, why isn't this devotion? It's so important to you in Scripture. Um, and he said, because there was a time the world would need it more. But the fact is, when St. John leaned on our Lord's breast at the Last Supper, um, he was loving his sacred heart. And so it's the greatest devotion in the Church. And 700 or more years later, our Lord came to Margaret Mary uh, Alacoque for the same devotion. And to both women, both now saints, he appeared to them on the feast of St. John, the evangelist, who leaned on his breast at the Last Supper.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Users of iCatholic Radio are leaving inspiring reviews in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Margie says, My go-to app. I love this channel. I can listen while busy around the house or driving in the car. I love the variety of programs. Keep up the good work. Michaela from New Zealand says, I love this app. I have it on Bluetooth in my car radio and listen to it all day, every day, and am encouraged in my Catholic faith. I would recommend this to the world, whether Christian or not, because it speaks to all people to become better people. I am now a huge follower of the American Catholic way of life because it's very similar to the way I was brought up in Fiji. The priests on the station are very straightforward, but are very understanding toward the audience at the same time. Love it, love it, love it. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our page at the iTunes or Google Play Store. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved uh, to Mother Miriam Live, we have a whole half hour to ourselves. And um, again, I'll just repeat the number for you to call in toll-free or text at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. And let me um, emphasize that it's thestationofthecross.com. Some people say stations of the cross, but it it's um, kind of a little... Uh, Oh, not a pun. What's the right word? Um, a takeoff on that. It's the station. It's the radio station. It is the, T-H-E. If you just say Station of the Cross, it won't reach them. But the station, singular, of the cross. So um, truly wonderful. I love the name. Um, call in toll-free or email. Uh, we have a call from Joanne in Massachusetts. Hello, Joanne. Good morning, Mother. Hi. Um, I was listening to you today. Um, I, I'm, my question is this. There's a lot of books out there that we can learn a lot of things, me. Um, but I've been looking for a Bible pre-Vatican II and um, to, to understand the things that you speak about, um, about how things are supposed to be. Um, this has been an interest for, for me for, 
I don't know, a year now. Um, also, um, just listening to I'm learning these things. That's why I keep coming back to listening, um, like the Fridays. Um, is there a book that can get me started on these things? Because these were what the church was all about, um, you know, uh, the Latin Mass or, you know, the way that right. we kneel. Um, <clears throat> yes. I'm, I'm learning these things through you well blessed be god i learned them through others so we look how we help each other it's just truly wonderful you know what joanne i just came across this site i'm looking it up while we're speaking and um um the the site is i'm gonna i'm gonna bookmark this one it's just too just too wonderful um hold on all right, I've got it now. It's it's. I didn't even know there was such a site. It's it's just a treasure trove. It's called tradition. Are you on you on the internet? You can go yeah. there. Oh, well, I'm on the phone. Yeah, I'm right. There. No, no, right, right. But you can. Yeah. So it's called traditional Catholic. Um, traditional Catholic. And the website is uh, one word traditionalcatholic. Dot. C O. Yep. Not C-O-M, C-O, forward yep. slash, f- the word free, F-R-E-E, hyphen, Catholic books. What's a hyphen? I'm sorry, I don't really Hyphen know. is um, a kind of a, 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 it's a dash, but it's it's half a dash. Oh, you know? is it at the, oh, in the middle, okay. It, yeah, it's okay. in the middle, not on the bottom, that's right, in the middle. Okay. And yep. then yep. Catholic books as one word, Catholic books with an S on the end, one word. Okay, so traditionalcatholic.co forward slash free hyphen uh, Catholic books as one word. That's the website. Now, I'm on it, and it's it's an incredible thing. Uh, just its tabs, free traditional Catholic books. Um some you can wow. get for free, some you can download. It has the saints, it has all the prayers in Latin. It's amazing, and it gives an incredible, um, tells you how to use the site, and a, a tremendous list of traditional Catholic books. So, wonder, my goodness, we we couldn't go through this the rest of our life, I think. Fantastic. So go to that, and you will. Your heart will be halfway to heaven just reading the list, uh, and and these are free. They're free. You can download them uh, as a as a PDF, you know, as a as a, a text. Um, I, they're all free. It's it, this is a, incredible. So anyone else who's listening, uh, go ahead to to traditional Catholic. Um, it, I, I'm thrilled for this. I'm not, I'm not going to leave this site. I'm so thrilled. I'm so glad you called in on it. And blessed be God, he continues to, um, he puts the desires in our hearts to love him and to grow, and then he fulfills those desires, little by little, as we can do it. Isn't True. it wonderful? He knows what I've wanted. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I... It all happened listening to 1060 on my my uh, my car, you know, and um, it was at the right time. So, 
Oh, uh, look at that. happen to me all the time. So. Well, you, uh, that's because yeah. God loves you. And um, blessed, I just want to thank, uh, f- on behalf of Joanne and myself, uh, and the Station of the Cross staff, uh, to thank all you who supported, because that's the only way they continue to exist. So all of you who have supported Station of the Cross with your gifts and your prayers uh, all these years, even to allow me to come on and, and be with you, is um, is is just a tremendous treasure that we give one another. So thanks be to God, Joanne. God bless you, and I, I'm very excited for you getting on that site. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay, good. Thank you. All right. God bless you, dear one. We have a call from Shannon in Lynn, Massachusetts. Are you there, dear one? I am. Good morning, Mother Miriam. Good morning, Shannon. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Very well, thank you. Good. I was prompted by the Spirit to call in and just invite Joanne to, um, I don't know where in Massachusetts she is, but Mm. um, I wanted to invite her to our traditional Catholic Mass in Lawrence, Massachusetts. Um, It's Sacred Heart Traditional Roman Catholic Church in Lawrence, Mass. Oh, Joanne, Um, I hope you're listening. Sacred Heart Traditional Roman Catholic Church in Lawrence, Massachusetts. We practice everything according to prior to Vatican II. Okay. It's all, it's all, um, it's beautiful. It's the reverence is beautiful. Um, Us women, we dress modest. So all of us, we we wear the skirts. Um, They do have veils to cover the head. Um, you know, at the church there so that we can give our Lord his due respect. And the gentlemen all dress up. The priest still faces the altar. They still practice everything um, the way that it was prior to Vatican II. And there's even catechism classes. My husband and I are taking the catechism classes. Beautiful. I'm learning so much. It's just absolutely beautiful. And it's, it's so fulfilling, and I would love, Joanne, I would love for you to come to our Mass. It's on Sundays at 10. Um, you can get confession at 9 um, on Sunday morning, um, and we also do um, we, we do a uh, confession on Friday nights prior to the rosary, I think around like 5.30, 6 o'clock. So please come and, and check out our beautiful traditional church. I think you'll love it. We have people oh, that travel from Rhode Island, from New Hampshire. They wow. come every single week and they travel just to, you know, be part of, of our church. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have... Uh, I don't have on my call screen where in Massachusetts Joanne is, but Joanne, if you're near there, go there and ask anybody in the church who Shannon is so you could meet each other. That would be wonderful. And anyone else who might be near there and you want to visit, go and and tell Shannon that you you, uh, heard her call in on the Station of the Cross radio and you can... Yeah. You can have some new friends. That's out, outstanding, Shannon. Uh, Thanks Paul for calling in on that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. God Bye-bye. bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. We have an email from Tim um, who says, I was reading Scott Hahn's book, The Lamb's Supper, in which he states that uh, that uh, chapters 2 and 3 of, Revel- of the book of Revelation make clear that each particular church has a guardian angel. 
Yes, because the letters, it is written to the angels of those churches. Um, uh, and he says, from whom we can call for help. I had never thought about praying to our church's guardian angel. What are your thoughts on this concept? Well, it's straight there in scripture. The church of Thyatira and Philadelphia and all of that. Yes, to the angel of this church, that church. Uh, look at Revelation 2 and th- chapters 2 and 3. It, it Absolutely. And so, yes, you can pray to your church's guardian angel. And you can also pray to the saint of your church. Um, if you go, as Shannon does, to the Church of the Sacred Heart, then you're praying directly to our Lord. If you go to St. Rita's Church, do pray to St. Rita because she's your patron, the patron for that church, and also pray to the guardian angel and your own guardian angel. We are surrounded by angels. The Jewish tradition is that every single blade of grass has its own angel. I, you know, I, I, I can't confirm that. But um, yes, w- there are uh, angels beyond what we know. So that's great, Tim. Yes. Um, we have a text from Thomas who says, Dear Mother, I've been thinking lately about how devotions like the Sacred Heart, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and the Rosary are all good and holy, but all of them unnecessary oh now uh, I wouldn't choose the word unnecessary they're certainly not required Um, what is needed is the sacraments and holiness of course which are not dependent on any of those devotions oh Tim Thomas I don't know I would agree with you on that Um, some people grow in holiness because of a devotion Others let themselves get distracted by those devotions and think the devotion itself brings about holiness. This is not the case, is it? What good is it to pray the rosary every day if you are not receiving the sacraments regularly? What do you think about all this? I'm still formulating my thoughts and opinions on this matter. Well, now, um, if you don't receive the sacraments regularly, the rosary, our lady could help you to to change that by praying the rosary. Um, but certainly you should be receiving, you should be in a state of grace, you should be receiving the Holy Eucharist and going to confession on a regular basis. Absolutely that. But so we're not saying um, to do devotion, uh, practice devotion instead of the sacrament. We're not talking about leaving out the sacraments. The sacraments are wonderful, but our, the devotions are given by God. They're given by Our Lady. They're given by the saints, and they do lead us to greater and deeper holiness. Absolutely, they do. Um, oh, my goodness. You could, um, you know, what do you need to live physically? You need sleep. You need food. Um, but... Do you have to exercise to be alive? Not really. But if you add exercise, uh, it's really going to help you become stronger. Now, if you add exercise and don't eat, you'll die. So maybe that's a poor analogy. But here um, we have the sacraments, the very life-giving grace of our Lord, without question. But um, all these things, uh, what our Lord has given, our Lord has said, 
um, behold this to, to St. Margaret Mary when he gave her the devotion to the Sacred Heart to spread. He said, behold this heart who has loved so much and is so little loved in return. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to do these devotions. Our Lady gave us the rosary because it takes us through the life of Christ. It's all scriptural. And um, she wants to homeschool her children. She wants us to know those things. These are all instructive. All the devotions, not pie in the sky, not emotional journeys. These are all educational. If you have a devotion to the Sacred Heart, there's dozens of books written on that. You can learn an awful lot from about our Lord through that devotion and through uh, the Divine Mercy and, and other devotions. So um, consider that, uh, Thomas. Look into some of these devotions and see if they don't bring your heart halfway to heaven by seeing how they came into an effect and what our Lord says about them. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. Don't go away. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community, connect with us through social media, and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Love learning more about the Church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our Church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Well, did you catch me yawning? (laughs) Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have about 10 minutes left and still open lines. If you wish to call in, you are always welcome. 1-877-511-5483. 
text at that number or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an email from Anthony. <clears throat> Anthony writes, Dear Mother, Although I agree with you on the beauty and reverence of the Latin Mass, I am not as keen on saying anyone should just show up to a Latin Mass. I do think we need to spread its goodness to the four winds of the Church, but there are some Catholics who simply are not prepared, mentally or physically, to attend a Latin Mass. Um... He continues, in my opinion, it would be better to have a short class in each parish that would teach people just the basics of how to dress, act, and what to expect. It really would only have to be a half-hour presentation. Maybe even explain a few things to those who are less knowledgeable, like why the priest faces the altar, why he does not say all the prayers out loud, etc. Again, I want everyone to experience it, but I also don't want people to disgrace our Lord or themselves. What say you? Anthony, um, I think if we went the way that you're, you're suggesting, uh, most people would not even uh, venture to go to the Latin Mass because they're not, you know, someone goes into a class if they're really interested in learning and um, really interested in being part, and most most Latin parishes do have such classes. Not before you visit, but only if you're interested in learning and going further. Most parishes have those classes, and at the very least, there's a priest who will always be willing to sit down and um, and and to to explain everything. Uh, or the parishioners will be able to do that. Um, but I, I, to say not prepared mentally or physically, um, I think we might have the wrong, give people the wrong focus here. Um, suppose Latin Mass parish parishioners want to go to a Novus Ordo Mass. That's the one who should explain why they're facing the people and not our Lord, and why they're saying the prayers out loud and not quietly. That's the explanation that needs to happen, because that's the new entrant into the Church. But I know what you're saying. Um, if you say that it would be good to have a short class on the basics of how to dress, act, and what to expect. We're making it more legalistic, more um, mechanical. Uh, If I invited someone to a Latin Mass, which I have, and their dress is fairly modest, they're not exposed, it's not terrible, I wouldn't even mention dress. I wouldn't even mention dress to them. If they're used to dressing in short shorts and low tops and all that, I'd say to them, you know, in the Latin Mass, people are, are, you know, their bodies are covered, they they wear a veil, so you you might, you know, I don't want you uh, to be embarrassed by being in there if you don't have longer pants on or a skirt. I wouldn't even insist they wear a skirt. Um, I don't, the focus is Christ. And when they go there, they will see uh, if God is working in their heart. They will be caught by the reverence, the devotion of the people, 
the, a church filled with families and tiny babies, and once in a while you hear a couple of squeaks, but that's it. Um, it's silent, it's reverent, it's beautiful. So I think dress and how to act and all of that, what to expect, I would, I'd stay out of it. I would not discuss that with people at all. I'd say, come. We would love it. I'm going to warn you, you know, if they wear tight pants, I'm just going to warn you, everybody's going to be in a long skirt, so just so you know. Um, and if they said to me, you mean I have to go out and buy a long skirt? Not at all. You come. You come as you are. I just want you to know, you know, in advance that, um, you know, they wear veils on their heads and long skirts and all that. Um, and let the person do what they want. So it, it's the soul that God wants. And let let the beauty and reverence of the Mass, which teaches itself, um, be the one that transforms the person. Because if someone is drawn to that, they will go out and buy a long skirt or a shirt and tie, and 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 be more appropriate. We don't I, we don't have to tell them that. Otherwise, we make it legalistic and uh, external. Um, so. I understand what you're saying, but uh, I think that would be that would keep more people, turn more people away from the Latin Mass than anything else. <clears throat> I would just to say, someone come meet me there. You'll see, and I'll and I would say to them, I wouldn't teach them how to act or what to expect. I wouldn't do it. I would just say, you know, there's books if you want with English and Latin. You can follow if you want. I but I always say to them when I first went. I, the book was a distraction to me. I didn't want to follow anything written. I just wanted to sit and observe and see what this is about. And I said, so you do whatever you want. and Let people be free. Don't make them think they have to fit into a certain mold in order to go to a Latin Mass. Cool. We have Nora on the line from San Diego. Hi, Nora. Hi, Mother Mary. First Hi, sweetheart. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing okay. Thank God. I just have a quick small question. What yes. do you think about having a gay chaste saint? No, start start the uh, the the sentence again. You were a little soft. I didn't hear everything. I'm so sorry. That's no, okay. Go ahead, sweetheart. Just just start from the beginning. What do um, I think of people? Color. I heard that, and then I missed a word or two. What do you think of a gay, chaste saint? I, I'm i wondering about this for days, so I'm just wondering what you think about it. I think Would it's fantastic. Well, not a gay, chaste yeah. saint. In other words, not someone who's living yeah. the lifestyle, right? Well, he thinks about it on the inside, but outside he doesn't act on it or she does whatever you know or he or she right well if someone thinks about it and has those tendencies there's no sin in that if they don't follow it through and they can become very saintly and god can can they can grow in holiness so those tendencies don't control them eventually you see and they can become a saint in fact maybe a greater saint than people without those tendencies because they're fighting their flesh and their tendencies and their temptations all the time. And that's a very saintly thing to do. Okay. Well, I I feel like if we go that route, 
someone might be comfortable and, and they'll start saying that the thoughts are okay as long as they don't act on it. No, the thoughts and are I not okay because you don't want to live your life with with immoral thoughts. No, if you have immoral thoughts and you have temptations, the thoughts and the temptations are not sin. But if we don't uh, do something to grow in holiness and to replace those thoughts with uh, other holy thoughts, we're going to be in trouble. We, we're not mm-hmm. going to, if we live our life that way and say, well, we're not going to act on it, but we, we love having the thoughts and we're, it's not a problem. Well, that is a problem because that person is not striving to become a saint. You see, so I would suggest for that person that they get a spiritual director and uh, express their tendencies, their um, temptations, the things that draw them, the problems they have in any way, and discuss them with that priest and let the priest help them onto holiness and even tell them about great saints that overcame those things because to spend your lifetime thinking about those things is not going to lead you to sainthood. Okay, Nora, I'm sorry, sweetheart, but it's the end of our program. You're welcome to call in again.